Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jam Price Show, all about movies, and today my guest is co-director and composer Brent McCorkle, and we're talking about the Jesus Revolution, and yes, it is a revolution. Welcome to the show, Brent. It's so great to be on with you, Jan. Thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure to have you on. Let's talk about how this movie came about, because this is based on a true story that happened back in the late 60s, early 70s. It made the cover of Time magazine, not once, but twice. It started with his God Dead and what, 1967, that was the cover of Time, and then in 1971 with the psychedelic Jesus on the cover with the Jesus Revolution. And this is all based on that revolution that took place in the early 70s, late 60s. So how did you come to this project and what made you decide to make a movie about the Jesus Revolution? Yeah, it actually comes back to that psychedelic Jesus cover on Time. We were doing research for our movie Woodlawn that John and Andy Irwin and I were working on together and John Irwin discovered that cover and he couldn't find the article online. It wasn't archived digitally on time. And so he ended up ordering a collector's edition copy off of eBay for $150. Oh <laughs> so my goodness. Up, yeah, I think we Easter egged that in the movie. I think that was John's actual copy of wow. the film that we used because that's where it all started. But he opened up this magazine, read it, and he came in the next morning to all of us and said, guys, this is our next movie. We have to do this. So that was seven years ago. We ended up doing I Can Only Imagine and then Lions Gate came on as a partner and they wanted to do a few other titles before Jesus Revolution. So it went away for a minute. Then it was mounting back up with John Gunn as the director and COVID hit and it fell apart again. And it was really far. Like they had their shooting schedule and they were already procuring like props and wardrobe and all kinds of stuff. And uh, it fell apart. It was just really heartbreaking. The good news for me though is when it came around the third time, my schedule was available. So I jumped on with John Irwin to direct it with him. And uh, so I'm selfishly happy that it fell apart a couple times because it allowed me to work on it and be a part of this really wonderful movie about love and acceptance and uh, I'm really grateful to be a part of this movie. You know it's a movie that we do need more now than ever I think and maybe the timing is even more perfect than it would have been before COVID. I feel like our country as we all feel, I'm not the only one who feels it, is more, more divided than it's ever been and in my memory even though it was pretty divided back in the 60s and early 70s but not like this. It was a different kind of uh, division. And I'm hoping, you know, we need more healing. And so this kind of movie can certainly help bring about the conversation again, perhaps and bring about some healing of the diversity that we all are. I mean, we're all very unique and very different. And um, and yet, as I said, the, the country, I've never felt this division before. Um, and so hopefully this message of this film can, and, and hopefully the right people will see this movie, can start the conversation again about how do we begin to heal? How do we begin to accept one another with love and, and graciousness and forgiveness that is so deeply needed? And that's what this film is all about. So uh, yeah, I'm glad yep. you got to come back into it and uh, and co-direct it. We'll talk a little bit about that. But um, what are your thoughts about, I mean, you when you were deciding to do this film, 
film. What were you hoping that you the message would be and how it might begin to start a conversation again? Yes. Well, my eyes are glassing over a little bit just hearing you talk because everything you just said is why I did the movie. I wanted this to be a movie for everyone. I wanted to bring healing and love to our country. Religion, uh, Christianity, the constructs built around it, it's all, it all can be whatever you want to build around Jesus. Like for me, if you look at Jesus and even Christianity, it's uh, as far as world religions, I believe it mentions love more in its texts than any other world religion. And yet oftentimes in society and culturally, it does not present that way. And so I took it on as a personal mission to say, what are the tenets of what Jesus was really about? You know, and uh, I think he was about compassion, empathy, going out to the person that felt marginalized and castigated out of society, going out to ethnic minorities and talking to people that he had no business culturally talking to. And yet those are the people he chose to to be around. And so he inspires me daily to be on a bigger spiritual journey. And I just wanted to share some of my perspective on my faith in this film. But yeah, man, we've got to heal. We've got to come together. And um, so your words mean a lot to me and they shake me up because it's why I signed on to do the film. It's crazy. No human being can take credit for it, but there's a palpable love that surges off the screen into theaters and uh it's it's amazing to watch i've gotten um i've gotten dms and see on social media like strangers will hug it out at the end of this movie i mean there's just like something very spiritual about the film that i think transcends and i actually think it transcends beliefs i know that probably will offend some people watching this movie but like you do not have to be a christian you don't have to believe the same way that greg laurie or any of the other characters in the film believe this film is for everyone and it's not trying to preach at you or anything like that it's just trying to show maybe this beautiful time in society where this really square conservative white pastor opens up his doors to this marginalized community and and i do think it is a timely message for today where it seems to me that people would rather scream at each other in all caps on facebook than actually have a civil conversation i got a dm today it was so beautiful but he's like someone saying i loved your movie and they're a really strong hardcore evangelical christian but they said love people in all caps period and i was like yes (laughs) like if that's what's waking, you know, awakening, especially in the evangelical circles, then I feel like my job is done. And it's a fun movie. You're going to laugh yes. way more than you think. It's so joyous and so buoyant and positive. And we worked really hard to make it so. But yeah, man, I just think Jesus' message and what he said to the world is actually very beautiful. And yet it gets co opted into all of this nastiness and political division and stuff that I think, uh, I don't think he would be messing with right now. I think he'd be out too bit. I think he'd be way out in the street. Again, being way too busy, like helping people, being with people and trying to meet people where they were at. And what's even crazier that's going to be even more incendiary to maybe some viewers is we would not have a religion built around him if he decided to do the normal rabbi thing inside the synagogues. He was out with the people. And I just think that's so beautiful. And that's a message that everybody needs to take to heart. And so, yeah, thank you for saying all those kind words. It's exactly why I made the movie. I hope people from all walks of life go see this and are moving by it and reminded that everyone is worthy of love and everyone is seen and valued and maybe you're not alone. What's so wonderful about this movie is that even though our conversation is on you know the spiritual level 
it, it's not a religious movie. It's not, no. you know, it's it's a, a spiritual message that's universal for all. It's not about a particular religion or sect or anything, because when you go bottom line, it's bottom line, everything, when we boil it all down, it's just all about love. How do we come from this place of love? How do we continually try to do it? It's difficult at times when we're with difficult people and we're in difficult situations and uh, to kind of remember to get centered and take a deep breath and remember that you need to come from a place of love and not from anger and hate and fear because that's the opposite of love um, obviously sure. and so and that's what so is going on in our world where it's got so much fear going on you know there's since the pandemic in particular so many things have happened during the, <laughs> the last few years that more people are more fearful than ever before I believe and that's what's creating this lack of love and understanding that we need and that's why your message is so timely in this film and that it's not hitting you over the head because I don't I don't want anybody to not go see it because I think it's a religious movie it's a beautiful message movie it's the same with everything everywhere all at once when you watch that movie bottom line when you get to the end of it it's about love and acceptance and just you know loving whoever you know the people that are in our lives and accepting them for who they are and that's what this message is about in this movie also that you are conjuring everything everywhere all at once into this conversation like i'm gonna start crying again because that movie brought me to my knees because i think in cinema it's probably one of the greatest if you want to say christian themed scenes but to break out and actually overcome one of the obstacles the protagonist actually has to find true love in her heart for an enemy and i was like okay these filmmakers are saying hey love your enemies and i was like so blown away i was so moved and it's what we need but oh man i ball like a baby through that movie it's so beautiful it's such a plea for kindness and compassion in our really hostile angry fearful world in which we live so that you're bringing that film up with you know what i was trying to do i hope it sweeps the oscars just for the message itself just for the themes and how zany and crazy and amazingly brave the filmmaking was and the performances let's just talk about that movie the rest of the interview <laughs> but, but no, I mean, just, uh, just, oh my goodness, that movie touched me in a spiritual way. And I do feel like I was definitely trying to tap into similar themes on my part of the filmmaking, for sure. Yeah. With uh, Jesus Revolution. Yeah, and it does. It does. And it, you know, the more of these kind of movies that are out there, the better. And I'm not sure, again, nobody probably really thinks about that movie so much in that particular way. Not everybody. They look at it for different reasons, you know, and, and themes. But this one, this is a true story. So let's. Let's talk about people that are. this film is about and their story and their journey so our audience knows a little bit about if they didn't live during the 60s and early 70s and aren't familiar with this story. Brent, tell them a little bit about the Jesus Revolution and the people that were involved in this and the casting. We're going to talk about the casting too in this film. Okay, so the quick top level on the true story is uh, in the late 60s, everybody thought the world was ending. You have the Cuban Missile Crisis. The Cold War was in full effect. You had Vietnam, you had all the social arrest, uh, social unrest around just the war itself. You had all the division in the country around the war. You had the civil rights movement, multiple political assassinations. You know, MLK was shot. You had America's own state troopers gunning down students at Kent State because they were throwing rocks. You know, it's it was a very very dark time, and 
people thought, number one, America was going to end, and number two, probably the world was going to end. And the assassination and, of President Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy also added to that, because right. that's something we've never seen in our country, which also disillusioned, you know, is disillusioning for everyone. But go on. <laughs> yes, yes. Just a terrible time, uh, terrible time, and so much disillusionment. You also had the countercultural revolution where the kids of the day were rebelling against the materialism and the plasticity of the modernism that had kind of crept in America. And the parents were just keeping up with the Joneses and getting their white picket fence houses and their two cars. And, and the kids just saw that as so shallow and empty. And I don't, I don't disagree with them. I'm, I'm a bit of a neo-hippie myself. And I think, you know, that generation had gotten focused on some things that were not important to the kids of the time they saw through it so they ejected out of society and became hippies ran away from home um many of them descended on uh san francisco and so you had this free love rock and roll lsd you know drugs really kids trying to free their minds and just go a different way uh from their parents and um so our film meets the hippies at a time where they've tried all that, but there's still a little burnout. Like they never really feel like they got to the bottom of it or found a new way forward. Other than knowing that there was a spiritual side to our lives that maybe their parents were missing. So there's this uh, very uh, conservative white pastor with an ailing church in Southern California, maybe a 20 members and on a dare from a hippie street preacher, he opens up his church to, allow these hippies to come in much to the chagrin of his church board and his deacons. And it caused a lot of conflict, but it also makes for some pretty fun uh, shenanigans on, on film. And so the rest of the movie is about when Chuck Smith, a real, you know, a real pastor in Southern California lets a real hippie street preacher, Lonnie Frisbee into his church and Lonnie starts bringing a bunch of hippies and suddenly you have these very square legalist moralists uh church people sitting next to hippies in this church and um the hippies brought in a lot of things that that church needed and the church gave this marginalized group of people a safe place of belonging <laughs> you know to start uh working on themselves and also a spiritual place to begin again and and you know have a spiritual aspect to their life that they were so craving so it ended up being this beautiful moment in time the very small blip on the evangelical timeline for sure but this small moment in time where these two disparate groups come together under the banner of christian love and of all places a very conservative like moralist legalist church and so uh so yeah i find the story very beautiful i find the ramifications of the story uh, even more beautiful for today if people would, especially Christian thought leaders, Christian pastors would take Chuck Smith's cue and humble themselves and open their church doors wide and let the uh, let the carnage uh, culturally fall where it may. Uh, you know, yes. so we, we have to know that was very scary for Chuck and, and it did cost him. You know, it cost him in some ways, it cost him everything, but look what he gained from it, you know, so... So yeah, that's the that's the jumping off point of the movie for sure. And so, so the great, um, wonderful Kelsey Graham uh, plays Pastor Chuck Smith. Uh, let's talk about how he got involved in this project. Because when I was doing the research, I thought his talents came to him at the perfect time. 
again, nothing is an accident. It's all <laughs> serendipity. Yes, yeah, serendipity for sure. This whole movie has felt very guided to me for sure mm-hmm. on a spiritual level. Yes, um, yes. So to add to that story, uh, he was on a spiritual retreat with some of his guy friends in the business, and they all really lamented the fact that they had done a lot of work that didn't really have any social or, or spiritual significance, no impact. They just took it for the money. And you can't, we're all out there yeah. trying to survive. You can't right. blame them. But what one thing they did was they made a bit of a spiritual pact to, whenever possible, take on things that they felt ha- would have a spiritual meaning and a ripple effect beyond just taking a job. So they all agreed on that and they went home, you know, went to sleep. He woke up the next morning and the Jesus revolution script was sitting in his inbox and he was like, Whoa. So he took that as a sign because really when they were making that pact, you really almost felt like it was a prayer, you know? And so he read the script, he called his agent. He said, I don't care about the money. I'll make the schedule work. I want to do this. Just let's make it happen. And that never happens in Hollywood. It's like, okay, let's start negotiating. It was just like, I'm doing it, figure it out. And so, um, the rest is history, as they say. And, and when you watch this movie, Kelsey's performance is worth the price of admission. Yeah, I've never seen him do anything like this. It's the best thing he's ever done. It's an award-winning performance. And every one of those tears, every time you see glass in his eyes, he is showing up on set in this most transparent, vulnerable way that I will never be able to shape for the rest of my life. It was it was powerful. I felt almost at times it's just more of an observer, just watching mm-hmm this beauty happening but we inherited him in this beautifully open spiritual place and if you watch some of the press that he's doing he's just a beautiful human being he um he's gone through a lot he's he's walked a much deeper valley than me Mm -hmm. and yet he carries more peace in his life Uh, i i will tell off on myself i i'm not as peaceful as he is and in between takes i find myself like you know he'd go sit on a church pew or whatever just kind of wait for the next take and i would go over there and be with him because man he just he carries this beautiful tranquility and peace on him. Um, and he's just walking a deeper spiritual walk than me. And I, I really my, felt my heart reaching out to him for mentorship, you know? So, yeah, just beautiful, beautiful what he did. Watch, you know, even if the content or the subject matter doesn't interest you, just go watch it for Kelsey because it's, mm-hmm. worth, it's worth the money. I mean, it's just, it's just an amazing portrayal what he did in this film oh what a beautiful i needed to hear that message you just said all about kelsey for sure i think you know there's something about getting older and having weathered storms and um and then you get to a certain place in your life where what you value you know too many people are still valuing you know money it's all about money follow the money and it's gotten worse with social media and everything else but I think when you come right down to it I I, I said everyone my my peace of mind is the most important thing to me I must have peace and and when you get older that just becomes the most valuable thing that you can have is staying in that place of being centered in peace and it's not easy it's not easy to be there all the time at all because you know the waves of life come and come up against you and and as i said earlier you know you know it's just going back and trying to remember that's the value uh of wanting to come from that place and it sounds like kelsey is finding that and that's so beautiful so and it does come out in this performance he is wonderful it is i think the best thing i've seen him do also i agree with you wholeheartedly and he's done so many amazing things through the years um but this one in particular he he does he shines in this film he comes across with that 
that. And so does the whole cast. It's a, it's a great cast. Uh, you know, let's talk about, you know, Lonnie Frisbee, you know, the the young uh, hippie who you know espouses this love and and um, compassion. Um, he was a flawed man, and I love the fact that you showed that you know in this. And he was in real life. Let's talk a little bit about him. Yes, amazing story. Uh, if any of you know, probably the loudest flack I'm getting, and it's it is absolutely true but they're like man you guys should have done a movie about lonnie i mean you could do a 10-hour limited series on lonnie and run out of time just a fascinating human being he was a true hippie hate ashbury dropping lsd in the mountains um had a crazy almost like out-of-body experience where jesus appeared to him and he immediately came down in the streets and just became the street preacher had no idea what he was talking about just blabbering on and on it some of the stuff he said was really crazy and <laughs> messed up but what was so beautiful was there was some christian ministries there in the hate and uh they took him in in his coffee shop and they just kind of started spending time with him and and he at that point when he sobered up and you know stopped doing drugs he um he kept street preaching he went out and so we weren't able to cover this in our movie but his whole shtick was he would pretend like he was a hippie hitchhiker, which he was, but instead of catching a ride, what he was really trying to do is hold people hostage in their car so he could tell them about the good news. And so it was a shtick that he had and he would, you know, have people uh, pick him up so he could witness to them. And so um, I wish we could have, you know, touched on that. We just didn't have enough time, but yeah, he's just a fascinating human being. And um he was definitely rough around the edges, definitely a controversial figure, and people have very strong opinions of him. And I, I've actually been really moved to see some of his friends who really knew him, which I didn't, I just want to say. Um, but see some of his close friends come out and say, Lonnie was a beautiful human being, and I love him. And uh, how about how about this? How about we all have flaws and we all have problems? And instead of ripping this guy, why don't we look at the beauty that he brought to the world and all the lives that he changed? And um why don't we look at our own flaws in our own lives and ask, are we any different? Because we're not, man. We all I have flaws. It. That's what makes us who we are. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, for me, I just have a totally different view than the moralists and the legalists. But, like, a broken pot leaks even more water. And if there is something spiritual and, and beautiful about our lives, or if you call it the Holy Spirit or whatever your persuasion right. is, right. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't really see how you can criticize his life because if, if you are, if you do espouse biblical views, some of the heroes of the Bible are like very messed up human beings. And I think, um, I think that's another beautiful theme that my co-director John Irwin was really trying to bring out and bring back to the church is like, yeah, are you trying to disqualify people because they have rough edges? Because that's number one, it's not biblical. Number two, that's just a terrible way to live or, or view humanity or view your own life because at some point, man, you know, if you're going to throw rocks at glass houses uh, and you live in one yourself, you know? Uh, and so I actually like how Jesus handled all that too, you know, with the, the stoning of the woman. And it seemed like everybody was really excited to stone people back then. And he's like, <laughs> um, yeah, guys, um, maybe you should look at your own lives yeah. and focus more on that. Exactly. And uh, so anyway, uh, yes, thank you for asking yeah. about him. I have so much love in my heart for Lonnie and, um, and Jonathan Romy portrayed him in a magical, beautiful way. 
so incredible. And if you got, if Jonathan was on and you got him talking about Lonnie, he would cry. Yeah. He'd probably have to stop the interview. He loves Lonnie so much. And um, so I really do hope that um, people fall in love with him and uh, get in touch with their own flaws instead of wanting to talk about his all the time. You know, it's like, yeah, okay, he had flaws. So what? He's a human being. Brent, I wish I I could talk to you some more. Unfortunately, our time is up. I could go on and on and on and on and continue this conversation. It's so so heartwarming and deep, and and I love it. And let's let's just tell the audience where they can see the Jesus Revolution. Yes, Jesus Revolution went wide February 24th. It's in theaters everywhere. It's in your city. We're going into the second weekend. It's a Lionsgate film, and they really gave us a lot of love on this release. And you can find it everywhere in North America, even in Canada. And we're talking about international releases down the road, so we're really excited about that. And thank you so much for having me on. And it just warms my heart that you caught the themes that I was really really fighting for in this film it means a lot to me oh, thanks well, for having me. It, it, this is a it's a wonderful movie with a wonderful message and you did a beautiful job and i look forward to having you back on the show with your next movie and i wish you much success with this one thank you jan thank you to all my wonderful loyal listeners your love of film allows me to do what i do if you want to support me the best way to do that is to hit the subscribe button on the iHeart Podcast Network, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And of course, on YouTube. Subscribing matters. If you are feeling really compelled, I want to hear from you. Have a burning question, comment, or review? Drop me an email at thejampriceshow.com. Thank you for listening. Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies.